0: I'm trying to get dressed right now. I can't stop thinking about the bed bugs.
1: Just a few minutes ago, my friend messaged me and she said that this morning she was on the line 13 with her boyfriend and he had one
0: crawling up his leg. When I was waking up by 2 a.m. in the midnights killing bed bugs, I killed over a hundred bed bugs. Uh, we have bed bugs now? Oh, as if Rishi Sunak and the cozy lives wasn't bad enough, now you gotta mess with my sleep. You might've seen these videos floating around social media about Paris and the UK's problems with bedbugs. And one even surfaced on the subway in Toronto. Oh
1: my God, what is that?
0: Ew. Oh my God. Bedbugs are pretty much everywhere. They're in most major cities and have been found in 135 countries in the world, according to a recent study. For a while, we were doing well in keeping bedbugs in check, but not anymore. Murray Eisman is going to help us understand why. He's a professor and dean emeritus of entomology at UBC's Faculty of Land and Food Systems. He also helped the federal government with its bedbug problem back in 2019. Today, Murray will tell us why we're losing the battle against bedbugs and how they've become so good at sticking around. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and this is The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. Murray, thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. I want to get started with some biology here. Uh, For anyone who has been lucky enough to never have encountered a bed bug before, what exactly is it?
1: A bed bug is a a small, flightless insect that evolved to uh, basically be a a bloodsucker, like mosquitoes. They have evolved feeding on other warm-blooded things like birds living in bird nests or maybe in rodent rodent nests. And at some point in past history, decided that humans were a pretty good uh, source of a blood meal. They are primarily nocturnal. Uh, this is why most people never see them unless you have a really significant infestation. They do have a bit of a peculiar, some people describe it as a sweet odor when they're at very high populations. So you might smell them before you actually see one. Basically, they they come out at night, take their blood meal when people are sleeping, and then spend the rest of the time basically digesting the meal in some safe place underneath the mattress, uh, in the cracks in furniture. They're very, very thin, so they're really, really good at uh, edging their way into really, really narrow spaces, things like behind light switches and behind electrical plugs, those sort of places sort of under optimal conditions where they have good access to humans or other warm-blooded animals, and in a nice steady temperature, they can probably complete their development from egg to an adult in, oh, as fast as 30 to 40 days, and then start reproducing not too long after that. If conditions are suboptimal, they don't have consistent access to host humans to feed on, uh, they can delay their development for up to a year.
0: Wow. Okay. So even if there's no humans around, they can just kind of lurk in the floorboards or something until somebody comes by and then, and then there's just, their next they meal? They can hang
1: out for a long period of time without a meal.
0: Okay. Okay. And so I, I know when you get bitten by a bed bug, they kind of leave little itchy bumps on you. Uh, is I guess, is that the extent of it then?
1: Pretty much. I mean, that one of the, if you can call it an upside to bed bugs, It's the fact that they don't vector any major diseases. So Hmm. you're not gonna get malaria, yellow fever, dengue, Zika, any of the mosquito-borne viruses. You don't get uh, any of the diseases we associate with tick bites, like obviously terrible stuff like Lyme disease, uh, Rocky Mountain spotted fever. There's a whole range of, of diseases humans can get that are vectored by ticks, mites, Mosquitoes, black flies, lots of other blood-feeding insects, but fortunately, as far as we know, uh, bed bugs are not in that class.
0: Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, kind of an upside, as you say there. So, obviously, they're they're found in beds, hence the name, and a whole bunch of other places as well, as you say. Uh, and I think a lot of us have been seeing these videos of bed bugs recently in in other places as well, right? Like on public transit or in a movie theater. Uh, why are we seeing them in those places?
1: The fact is because they, they're flightless and they don't walk very fast, they get transported by humans. We carry them around. We carry them around, typically not in our clothing, and, and they're certainly not like lice, where human lice spend their entire life on your head, attached to your hair, or on your body. Bed bugs only are on you to take their quick blood meal, and then they they hide somewhere else. But we can transport them, for example, in luggage, tote bags, purses, anything that we carry with us. And the problem is where you have a lot of human traffic, a lot of people coming and going, as you would find in movie theaters, libraries, schools, public transit, air airliners, cruise ships, a lot of people coming and going, there's a higher probability that people are going to be carrying them into that space and then the bugs wander off out of the luggage or the tote bags or whatever. And that's typically how they end up there. And then if Mm -hmm. it turns out to be a good place, there's lots of juicy humans to feed on, they will stick around and reproduce.
0: Lovely, lovely. Okay, so we've seen um, all of this coverage of bed bug infestations in Europe recently. Uh, But I guess I I wonder, are we actually seeing infestations right now or are people just, I guess, maybe hyper aware of them because of all the coverage even?
1: Combination of the two. To go back a little ways before the the current millennium, so back in the like nineteen nineties, really from about the nineteen mid sixties to the late nineteen nineties, bed bugs sort of were really pushed to the wayside. They became not much of a problem at all, to the point that when I was teaching entomology in the nineteen eighties and early nineties, we didn't even have a bed bug to show students. They were so rare. Wow. They were only found in maybe like hostels and places, again, a lot of high human turnover and probably, let's say, suboptimal hygiene, uh, those sort of places. So they, they were really, really uncommon. And somewhere around the late 90s to early 2000s, things changed that really allowed them to take off. Now, probably the single biggest one was pest control operators no longer had the arsenal of heavy chemicals like DDT and the one that they used to use was called Dursban. The ones that were very very effective at knocking out insects from urban habitats, but they they stuck around a little bit in the urban environment. They weren't probably hmm. the best for our health. So in the absence of having those those strong chemicals to uh, fight uh, and mitigate bed bugs, uh, the bed bugs started to resurge in a in a big way,
0: and, and of course, we stopped using things like DDT because we found there was other adverse effects, right, in other parts exactly. of the environment. So there's reasons yeah. for that, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Then, of course, there was the increase in international travel; it became a lot more relatively inexpensive for more people to travel long distances internationally, and then, quite possibly, is uh, global warming just made it more uh. conducive to bed bugs? Getting getting out of their normal habitats, which is people's bedrooms and living rooms, and yeah. those things combined probably led to an increase in bed bugs. And I mean, they used to be associated with you know sort of uh, you know flop houses and run down school dormitories and, and hostels and whatnot. But you know by the two thousand eight two thousand ten, you know four four and five star hotels were starting to report problems with bed bugs and all of a sudden it was a you know a, a calamity for even even the best hotels
0: so they really can can be everywhere it it sounds like and and from what i understand Indeed. too it can be quite it can be quite hard to get rid of an infestation of bed bugs once they're there right i guess why is that murray what is it about i guess the way that they move or or how they live that that makes them hard to get rid of
1: yeah it's because the places they hide in the in the daytime make them quite inaccessible to spraying or treating with chemicals or whatever types of, of other pest management tools we have. They're very adept at being behind and between walls, behind baseboards, you know, under box springs and mattresses. And um, mm. that, that's a big part of the challenge.
0: Wow. So yeah, it seems like a lot of crowded places. Once they're in there, it'd be really difficult to, to get them out of. So places like hotels, uh, even places like hospitals, I've read too, right? You have a lot of people coming in and out. It's really difficult to get bedbugs out once they're in there.
1: And, and the, the problem, especially in uh, multiple dwellings, is that uh, even if you try to treat in an apartment or a, a hospital room where there seems to be an infestation, if you apply chemicals, you might just be pushing them into your next door neighbor's apartment or somewhere else oh, in yeah. the building. Hmm. And that's that's the problem is you can have limited infestations in part of a building and they will move freely between units within a building. So you might have to do uh, a whole floor of a hotel, a whole wing of a hospital, uh, otherwise you're just pushing them around.
0: Wow. Um, so okay, so but they could be found anywhere—hotels, uh, motels, hospitals. They can hide out in the floorboards, at the light switches. Um, there, there seems to be a bit of a stigma around having bed bugs too, right? Can can we talk a little bit, a little bit about this?
1: Absolutely. I mean, number one is they're associated with poor hygiene, which isn't necessarily the case at all. But in people's minds, if you find bed bugs, it's because you have bad housekeeping, poor hygiene but certainly that's not the case. The other problem is there's this whole stigma around, it's fear, fear around something's coming out at night and sucking your blood. I mean, it's sort of the vampire syndrome. That's very (laughs) disconcerting. At least with mosquitoes, when they land on us, we see them and we can swat them. But bed bugs are really stealthy and unless we're getting a lot of bites at night, we're not even gonna wake up. So that's, that's pretty disconcerting for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, and when you talked before about the idea of you know they're associated with kind of dirty hygiene or unhygienic or, or dirty areas, um, I guess are people less willing to report because of that be, report these bed bug infestations because of that stigma?
1: Well, I, I think certainly if you know if you're running an Airbnb, you wouldn't want you wouldn't want to put it in your advertising. You know, mm-hmm. this is a real challenge for hotels and cruise ships and and the hospitality industry, and they have invested huge amounts of money, very quietly, I might add, they really had to step up their pest management contracts, the way they clean rooms between guests, that sort of thing, to try and minimize the possibility that their guests are going to find and then report bedbugs.
0: We'll be right back. All right, Maria, I'd like to ask you about the history of, of bedbugs. Uh, when when did they originate and how long have they actually been with us, with humans?
1: They have been with us as long as humans have been cohabiting and living together probably from caves onward. As I said, mm-hmm. they, they probably originally evolved to feed on birds and rodents and other animals in nests. And basically when humans started creating their own large nests, that's when they probably started feeding on humans or evolved to specialize on humans. Uh, so this goes back thousands of years. Certainly there were well, they were well known from the Renaissance period, 1500, 17s, uh, pre-industrial and then industrial Europe and the UK. Huge problem, for example, in trench warfare in the First World War and then in the Second World War. Oh, yeah, wherever you've got large populations of transient people and uh, people crowded together in, again, less, you know, suboptimal hygienic conditions.
0: Hmm. We mentioned, uh, we talked a little bit earlier about kind of how there's been a resurgence in the last little while of bedbugs. Uh, I wonder, are bedbugs getting better at avoiding our pesticides?
1: Not better at avoiding them, but as as they've come back to the fore of course, then pest control operators started using the pesticides remaining in their arsenal and using more and more and more of it. And insects are absolute champions of evolving what we call resistance. So Mm. if you keep hitting insect populations or pest populations hard enough with a chemical, in pretty short order, they will evolve resistance to it. And in fact, there's a lot of research that shows that for insects, at least based on, on agricultural insects, they can evolve resistance in typically about 12 generations. So if you have an insect that's going through a generation once a month, within a year, a pesticide that had formerly been relatively effective at controlling them, you know, a year later, it's doing nothing to them at all. And then you have to move to wow. the next chemical and the next chemical. And you get on what, what in the industry is called a pesticide treadmill, which is just you have to keep coming up with new chemicals because the bugs keep evolving resistance to the ones that you try to use.
0: So are we are we seeing like, I guess, like super bed bugs where, who are just going to be resilient to everything we've got so far?
1: There are certainly some populations in the eastern U.S. and undoubtedly places like Western Europe and probably in central Canada as well that are what's called multiply resistant. So they have resistance to two or more different inse- commercial insecticides.
0: Now that we've talked through all the concerns that a lot of people have with, with bed bugs, Murray, uh, what, what are some of the things that people can do to actually prevent getting bed bugs?
1: Uh, first and foremost, avoid bringing them in into your home or apartment. So if you're traveling, what some people suggest is if you're in a hotel, actually, actually put your suitcase in the bathtub or in the shower. Really? Or someplace that's not close to the the place you're going to be sleeping. Keep it elevated on hard furniture so it's a little harder for the bugs to get into your suitcase.
0: So this is so they don't stow away into your suitcase and then you bring them home, Exactly.
1: The idea is to try and not collect them when you're away and then you're the one that introduces them into your own home. Uh, People also say, don't unpack in your bedroom. Don't unpack in your place at all. Unpack in a garage. Unpack Mm -hmm. your stuff somewhere. and Unpack in a laundry room. Shake your clothes out uh, shake the suitcase out so that, you know, if they fall out, at least you have a chance to, you know, squash them before they, you know, quietly migrate under your bed or behind your headboard or wherever.
0: Yeah. I remember we, we used to do something similar coming back from India. We would open our, we'd leave our suitcases in the garage for a day and then open them there in case any cockroaches found their yeah, way. Like uh, same through. principle. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And I, and I believe there are some, um, repellents or, you know, something like mothballs that are being sold that you can put in suitcases and carry-on bags that'll sort of fumigate uh, your suitcase and travel. The problem is almost everyone I've seen smells pretty awful, and you end up mm-hmm. with all your clothes smelling awful. But if you're going to launder everything when you come home, maybe, maybe that's a precaution some people are willing to take. Yeah.
0: What about something like a bug repellent, like a mosquito repellent? Uh, stronger ones, even with DEET, so, so, would that do so anything? So certainly,
1: yes, they will. Uh, the problem is, people probably don't want to apply that every night before they go to bed. Uh, mm-hmm. Then it ends up on your bed sheets, and again, most of them aren't very pleasant smelling. If you were going into a hotel or a motel or a hostel or something like that, that you thought there was a reasonable possibility there was bed bugs, might be a good idea for one night to lather up with DEET or some other good insect repellent. They will deter them from, from biting. But generally speaking, I think people would not be uh, too keen on doing that.
0: Hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm curious, Marie, how many of these things uh, do you actually do when, when you're traveling or in your daily life? Are, are you doing all of these things?
1: Uh, the ones I do is I try to keep the luggage elevated and closed as much as possible if I'm in a hotel.
0: Murray, just lastly here, uh, I mean, I think a lot of people, including myself a little bit here, are a little freaked out when we think about bed bugs, uh, even though they don't spread diseases. It's just, just the idea of them, as you say, right? So now that we're seeing all this coverage about people supposedly finding bed bugs in all these places, I guess what, what should we be thinking about? What's your advice to people?
1: Well, the, pro- the problem is these things are, have evolved and they've been very, very successful living with us indoors. They're almost impossible to eradicate. They will be around in one form or another. People should be vigilant and keep their eyes open. And if they, start, they think they're being bitten by something at night, definitely do a, a good search. If people are really bothered, they should consult with pest control professionals. I, w- I would suggest to, to listeners that they be vigilant, try not to push the panic button if you see one bed bug, but certainly you know, be a little more sensitive and, and vigilant to what's going on and maybe do a little more snooping around. Uh, you can buy traps. There are these traps that you can put on the, the feet of your bed that they have trouble walking through and getting onto your bed. And again, they don't fly, they don't jump, they don't run, they walk. So if you can, anything that'll intercept them, uh, them walking uh, can uh, hopefully give you some relief.
0: Hmm. Marie, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Been a pleasure. That's it for today. I'm Nainika Raman-Welms. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland and Rachel Levy McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Adrian Chung is our senior producer, and Angela Pacenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.